0: Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. This week on the show, I'm pleased to welcome Rebeb Athmani and Vincent Perret. Welcome to the two of you. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. So Rebeb, you're a brand new name in our world. So welcome. And will you uh, introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do?
1: My name is Rabeb. I am a product manager with the Microsoft Graph, more specifically uh, on the developer experience team for uh, QTA, which we will be talking about today.
0: Excellent. So welcome back, Vincent. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, Happy to see you. Likewise. And and so
2: will you refresh our listeners' memory? What is it exactly you do again? I write code. That's what I do. Uh, I'm the lead developer on Kyoda, the generation engine we're going to be talking about today. And I also help around uh, all the graph SDKs, whether it's uh, .NET, uh, Go, Python, PHP, and so many other languages we support.
0: We're gathered today to talk about Kyoto. and I know that's been on before, it's a language generation tool. So the first question or what I hear a lot when I mention it, I'm a developer, Microsoft gives me an SDK, why do I care about Kyoto?
2: You might care about Kyoda because we as Microsoft and we as a Microsoft Graph team give you SDKs for Microsoft Graph, and that's great. That gives you a great experience when you integrate your application. However, we know that with the API economy, more and more applications talk to more and more different APIs, some owned by Microsoft, some that you're building yourself, some that are owned by third parties, and some of them have SDKs and great. But most of them don't actually. And having a code generation tool that can read the API description and generate a consistent experience for your, your application to integrate with those different APIs is a huge uh, improvement in terms of maintenance, in terms of learning and so on and so forth right rather than you having to craft the calls yourself or having to learn a bunch of different SDKs from different providers that you don't know exactly how they work and you have to relearn the same thing uh, again and again. So what does it mean to have a consistent experience? It means that APIs um offer a certain number of endpoints or paths, right? And uh, when you're talking to an API or REST API, you want to make sure that you are building the request properly, you don't have any typos. uh, When you're building the URL, for example, you want to make sure you have models to either create things on the API or get the results from the API. You want to make sure that errors are handled for you, serialization and deserialization is handled for you. And more importantly, um, you want to make sure that all those things are done in a consistent way. If you're talking to API B, A, C, or D, um, and yes, I don't know my alphabet in the right order, that's okay. Um, (laughs) You you want to make sure that you don't get different experiences and you don't have to plaster over those SDKs or the lack of SDKs uh, for those different APIs in your application. You want to build things in a consistent way. So this way, when you need to maintain it or change it, it behaves consistently.
0: So consistency in this context means the code I'm writing to consume an API is the same, right? Because obviously, Kyoto is not going to take some weird API that I wrote and make it look like graph. Is that right?
2: No, it's not going to change your API and the way you design and define your APIs, of course. like We're not touching that. But uh, through the description, it will uh, generate a consistent client experience. So the way uh, you navigate through your API uh, through a chained uh, API surface, for example, with chained properties or chained methods or indexers, uh, will be consistent across different APIs. The way you execute your request by using in .NET, for example, get async, post async, patch async, be the same as well and the way you uh, configure a request with the query parameters and offer other things like that will also be consistent across all the different apis even though those apis may be designed with different uh guidance and patterns in mind and so now you you mentioned like in.net but if i remember it's not just.net
0: right so keyode itself is written in language whatever but the output can be different things right so what's the latest
2: on language support So we have um, support for C-sharp. We support also Java, uh, TypeScript and JavaScript. Um, We also support Go, Python, PHP. Uh, We have early support for Ruby and uh, we also support generating CLIs as well. And Rabeb correct me. I hope I didn't forget any language at this point, but-
1: uh, No, I was counting after you. I think we got the list right
2: (laughs) Thank you.
0: So, what does that mean? Generate a CLI. That sounds interesting.
2: Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what the what the vision is there about a CLI for out being out of Kyoto? So. When we talk about generating CLIs, uh, the idea is that we at Microsoft Graph have been promising a CLI uh, for Microsoft Graph users for ages. You might be aware of that poll for the people that are not super fan of PowerShell, for example. We have a great PowerShell story. Go try it. We have a preview right now. Provide us feedback. This is the time for you to provide us feedback if you want to help us shape it and improve it. Uh, at the same time, we also recognize that not everybody's a big fan of, of, of PowerShell and some people prefer other scripting patterns. So this is why we've been working in Kyoda and as a Microsoft Graph SDKs as well uh, on a CLI story where you can just download the CLI and start talking to Microsoft Graph from your favorite uh, shell and terminal. Now, all of that is enabled through Kyoda. And using Kyoda, you can build uh, CLIs for your own API. So let's say now you have an administrator within your company who needs to do administrative tasks on your in-house API, for example. Well, you can provide them with this CLI to do v- those kind of automations. They don't need to learn like, let's say, .NET or Java for to build those automations. They can build scripts they're familiar with uh, using the CLI you built generating using Kyoda uh, for your own API. And that's what the CLI support means uh, in Right.
0: Nice. So self-service is, is the, 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 the key concept there, I'm guessing, right? So I can, if I have an API, I can generate a CLI for that to let folks invoke my API if I wanted. Is that I got that right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, see what I deal with, occasionally you get someone brand new who says, oh, well, this value in the database isn't right. Let me go in and change it. <laughs> and I would much rather than use an API front end that does validation. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are these the kind of experiences you envision folks using Kyoto for?
2: Yeah, uh, the self-serve story is a really important story uh, uh, and a really important reason why we're building Kyoto as a generation engine to enable self-serve um, uh, stories and scenarios. And I, and I think uh, Radeb has uh, plans or at least uh, uh, thoughts on, on the topic, Fred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so before we get to future plans, though, right? So,
0: so is there anything else new to Kyoto since we last chatted that folks would want to,
2: to look up, uh, into? So... Last time we mostly talked about the generate command and the way it works and how it's implemented. And if people want to know more, I would encourage them to listen to the other podcast we did about a year ago. I think we will be able to, to provide the link. On top of this generate command, we now have a search command because one of the feedback we got was, here yeah, you can generate things, but I don't know where my description is. Uh, can you help me find the description? So we've added a couple of indices which allow you to search for API descriptions and then from then on generate your clients. The interesting thing about that is one of the index we support to do that, to provide to support that search experience is actually GitHub. So we have documentation around how you can add your own API descriptions within the Kyoda search, and so then you can uh, help people f- find your descriptions and build uh, clients f- for your APIs. Then the second command we added is a show command, and the reason why it's important is because it allows you to explore the API paths and what's available on the API. And it allows you to build filters, either include or exclude filters, to uh, make sure that you later on generate a client that only has the path items and the API operations you care about. You may not want the whole API surface. You want to make sure that you have a subset of that. And using that show command, you'll be able to within the terminal to uh, filter down what uh, the API is providing and so on and so forth we still have a generate command it supports a f- f- couple of new uh, parameters including those filters i was mentioning earlier to make sure you generate a client specifically f- about the things you care about and lastly we have this info command that gives you two things uh, it gives you the language maturity because now as we are moving kyoda to ga we need to be able to move at different speeds uh, in terms of this language is experimental it's completely broken uh, uh, use it at your own risks this other language is in preview this other language is in GA. So we're not going to make breaking changes to the generation experience and so on and so forth. The other information that info command gives you is what dependencies you need to add to your project once you've generated a CUDA client to make sure that you have all the bits and, and pieces in place to be able to call your API and so on and so forth.
0: That part's interesting. What kind of dependency would it have? Is that I guess I, I, if, if you're saying generate a client that reads my API, what other dependencies am I not am I missing what, what's the piece I'm missing there please <laughs> so
2: one promise we are keeping true with Kira is when you generate a client the only thing you need to compile is our abstraction so we have a package per language that is called Cu abstractions and that defines things like how do I serialize how do I deserialize how do I translate requests and so on and so forth. Or how do I authenticate also? And and so if you generate a client and you just add this single package, you will be able to build. It won't do anything because you don't have implementations for those abstractions, but at least it will build, right? And it's great for things like mocking and testing and so on and so forth. Now, we also provide a set of default um, implementations uh, for those abstractions. For example, serializing, deserializing from JSON, serializing, deserializing from raw text, or URI encoded, or also authenticated with, authenticating with Azure Identity, or translating a request using in .NET the HTTP client, but in Java, OKHTP, OK, for example. So those default implementations, you're more than welcome to use them uh, as you please. And if you're not happy with those, uh, or if you need to support for different formats or different identity providers for example you can just take the abstractions uh, roll out your own implementation and use that instead you don't have a dependency on you on our opinion choices in terms of serialization library format authentication library or uh, provider or uh, http client
0: okay so if i putting these pieces together I could filter this up. So if I don't want a JavaScript version of the entire Microsoft Graph client, I only want it to cover sites. I could use Kyoto and say, use all whatever opinionated pieces you give me normally, I can include all those. So it's really just a smaller bundle, for example. Or if I don't like your authentication approach, I could say, use my. I I write code to an interface and tell it to use mine instead, right?
2: Uh, yeah, exactly, and 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 uh, JavaScript is a really good example because the experience you get running JavaScript from a browser or from a node is quite different. So rolling out uh, will provide a bunch, we already provide and will provide more uh, implementations for different scenarios. But if you're not happy with those choices, you might as well uh, come up with your own implementations if you choose to. Um, and yes, the self-service is also a very good example for that case because JavaScript, uh, especially in the browser really cares about the size of what's going on over the wire, right? Because, you know, bandwidth is not limited. And having a self-serve experience for for that ecosystem makes a lot of sense.
0: And so again, this is the part where, see, where this happens a lot where I ask questions to make my life better. <laughs> so <laughs> if I have, I already have an authentication provider that works with the graph or .NET, and I want to use Kyoto to use that same authentication provider to make calls to my API, I could say, use my custom open API document, but use your authentication bits. That will still work?
1: Yeah. Because Kyoto will generate, especially if it's something you used with Graph, that's even like a better That's what uh, Vincent mentioned in the beginning about having that a consistent experience within your app. So if it's like the same provider, fine, like you just need it once and you can use it later on. but yeah, we are giving we are giving you enough flexibility to change things if you don't like what Vincent is providing, basically.
2: Well, now we all love what Vincent's given us. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's not just me. There is a whole team behind it, but yes.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of capabilities there. And I and, uh, understand the, the, it's not GA yet, but are there other scenarios that you think might be interesting to folks so that Microsoft might consider uh, like some examples as to how Kyoto is going to help, help our daily development
1: life? Yes. So there are a few ideas we are uh, considering. Uh, I think we even like we talked to a group of developers from the community trying to gather early feedback because what we are trying to do is to go where developers are. We understand that not everyone prefers to use the command line, and I might or may not be one of those people. So we are trying to think what other venues we can take the experience to make it more accessible to more developers. So one of the things we are considering, uh, especially for our Graph community, which is uh, maybe Graph Explorer is the place because you have a nice UI. We know that from the feedback we receive, uh, we know that, you know, the community uh, loves Graph Explorer and they use Graph Explorer. So maybe that's a good place to have an experience with the UI. So it's more easier maybe for people to pick and choose uh, what they need from Graph, have like an easier access to the different endpoints and uh, resources from Graph, and do the whole generation within that environment, powered by Kyoto. Uh, In the long term, we are also considering Do we want a web experience? Do we want to bring the generation process with and the uh, discovery, you know, like trying to find the APIs and trying to see the pathways and stuff? Would it also make sense to have that maybe as um, a web experience? So, yeah, we are tinkering and toing with a couple of ideas here
0: which which is good right and and i guess, i guess um my understanding of the tool, regardless of this whatever experience I can pick and choose- still pick and choose create that net or create typescript or create go or stop or whatever right it's all the same
1: yeah, exactly, yeah, so it's gonna be the same idea it's self serve pick and choose what you need, and it's just like. The uh, let's say the presentation, the front end of the experience that's what would change, but yeah, it's the same thing.
0: And then, um, uh, so I've gone down this path and I pick and choose or I filter or whatever. And and now, is there anything that uh, I guess my concern is like updates, right? So APIs grow over time, not necessarily graph, right? If I'm doing self service, I got mine, I know, but if I'm using Kyoto to aggregate GitHub plus Azure plus graph plus Joe's company over there. So d- does it help me understand deltas or do
2: I have to be smart with my commands or is that a future idea thing? <laughs> this is a great uh, segue to a command I actually forgot to mention earlier. We have an update command because this is something that came up with the early community feedback where they build uh, an application that talks to three, four different APIs. They use Kira to generate the clients to those uh, different APIs. And now either the API is changed or because we're part of a preview, we changed the generation experience and they want to catch up with that. Now we have this update command where you can just point to your root directory of your project, and automatically Kyota will discover where it has generated clients. Go find the OpenAPI description and regenerate and update the client uh, magically for you. You might have to update dependencies, of course, but that, that's what it will do uh, for you automatically. The way it does that is another thing we added uh, during the last year, during the last uh, since the last time we talked to each other, is this Kyota lock file, which uh, keeps track of a couple of things. It keeps track of where is your description, what parameters did you provide, uh, like the filters, like the um, other settings we ask you to to provide, like the client name, for example, or the namespace name, those kind of things. And it also keeps a hash of your OpenAPI description. So now we're able to tell yes the description has changed and we need to refresh the client no it hasn't changed we don't need to do anything and 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 this is how we're uh, able to power that uh, update command and uh, if you want to see the diff now you have two choices some people commit their generated client source code to the repository so if somebody uh, clones the repository if somebody clones the repository, they will be they will have all the code. They don't need to know about Kyra. We can just uh, build and debug and so on and so forth. Some people, so if you do that, then you you will be able to see the diff of what has changed and compare the differences between the, the client and the version. Some other people do not do that. They just commit the lock file and they have as part of their CI. They just use Kyoto and say, all right, get me all the clients that I want as part of the CI and then their application has all the code and it's ready to be used and so on and so forth. And that's pretty clever, kind of like what uh
0: npm does or yeoman had right with a, a a file a resource file locally in my project to describe what happened yeah. in the past i like that i like that
2: that's inspired of uh what npm does effectively
0: yeah yeah nice nice That's interesting that you say that doing it in the build I, i'm not so sure i that i feel comfortable building rebuilding or regenerating the sdk on my build pipeline because what changes that i don't know about so i guess well good on those
2: folks who are, who are that brave to go ahead and do that right it, it would it would if you think about it, this when you were doing uh, Entity Framework design first or Entity Framework database first, you had that option already like ten to fifteen years ago, right? Like the the ADMX would be uh, within the repository, and it would be um, like the generated code. I don't believe was committed back then, and, and it would generate on the fly as you were building the the solution, right? So, yeah.
0: no, I, yeah, everyone everyone has a different plan. I I, I totally I totally get it. I totally get it. So, anything else I forgot to ask you about with it, it, it uh, you know, great potential and, and nice stuff going on there, but anything I forgot? If not, where do we send feedback? <laughs>
2: So the best place to send feedback is the GitHub issues on the repository. I think we'll add the link into the description. We want people to try it and tell us if it, tell us if it works for you, tell us if it doesn't work, um, and let us help you. Especially since now we're working on GAE, mm-hmm. the uh, different language experience, and the different SDKs that are built on, that are currently in preview, and are, that are built off Kyoto. Uh, we want to hear from you. So uh, don't be a stranger and reach out. And and Rabeb, I'm sure you have many other things to to tell people to do before we let them uh, stop the uh, stop the podcast. <laughs>
1: to be fair the, the one thing that we are asking is feedback we are really looking for feedback as uh, Vincent mentioned we are getting ready for our GA release so whether before or just after um, it would be like very uh, useful feedback for us to make sure that we are uh, you know putting something out there that is useful and working uh, as expected and also i i would be interested to hearing from people The things that they would build with Kyoto, especially with the self-serve experience, I would love to hear, you know, scenarios and uh, things that maybe we didn't even think about. So that would be also great um, if people, we already have a couple, you know, of people and companies reaching out and saying, here are all the things uh, we are doing. So we love to hear those stories as well.
0: Well, thanks to both of you, and uh, I know I've been promising Vincent for well over a year. I'll kick the tires, and I promise I will one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I mentioned to Jeremy before, yeah, we probably I've probably added you know two dozen endpoints to our internal API in the last couple of weeks, and
2: so now. I really need to get Kyoto to go do that. So yes. uh, it would be great. Yeah. To have something that writes the client code for you. What huh? would be helpful? Well, that's it. The team has to write the client code. So it's really less of an issue for me as it is for them. <laughs> but to, to be fair, but so
0: excellent. Thank you both for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes.